0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Juhu Roadshow podcast. This is Justin Hunt. It is uh, Monday, and uh, glad to have you back. Glad to have you back on the show. we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today, so um, we're just going to get right into it. Um, we were talking last um, Friday, or last Monday, I'm sorry, last Monday about um Making American Meth and kind of went what went behind that and what went into that and and what brought all of that about and obviously one of the most interesting aspects of American Meth and one of the things that has made it so popular even ten years after the fact is Val Kilmer's in, involvement. Um, uh, you know he narrates the film and a lot of people like I said oh oh I got to keep doing this I I'm trying this new loomy thing that my that my my good friend told me about and so. I'm recording, I'm recording some stuff in here and, and this damn thing, it's awesome, but it goes off like every two minutes. So I forget that it does that. I got to reach up and turn it back on. But anyways, um, so Mao's involvement obviously was a big deal. I mean, this was 10 years ago. Um, not that he's lost relevancy, but, um, you know, he was still around, he was still doing stuff. Uh, and so it was, it was wonderful to get him involved and people are always surprised that I was able to. And even more so, they're surprised when I tell them all I did was call and ask if he wanted to be involved. That's all I did. And so um, from the time that I called, it took less than 24 hours for them to get back to me uh, and say that he would do it. But from that point until the time we actually sat down and did the voiceover, it was uh, a good year. And during that year, you know, I would check in from time to time and just say, hey, how's it going? I, I hadn't talked to him yet. You you have to deal with their people, you know. And so I would call and you, one thing that I, I have learned that pays off is just authenticity, just being authentic with the people because the people that work for, you know, these big movie stars, they're still just people and they have feelings and they have lives and they have families. So you get to know them, and you ask them about it, and, you, you know, you you check in with them. And, oh, hey, how's it going? How's, you know, how's this situation progressed for you since the last time we talked? Anyways, I kept in touch with his people over the the, the year, and, and during that time, I was continuing to shoot the film. And so uh, we got to the point where it was time to record the voiceover, and there was always something that was getting in the way where we had to constantly reschedule. And, you know, we'd, we'd get all geared up to do it. And while well, we had to reschedule, we were going to meet in Santa Fe to do it. Uh, we have to reschedule. I'm just going to go to his place to do it. Uh, oh, we have to reschedule. So finally, like the fourth or fifth time, I think it was, um, I was driving down to meet him at a studio. Uh, I think it was Frogville studio in Santa Fe and do the voiceover for American meth. And I was driving from Farmington, New Mexico, which is up in the north. It's about a three-hour drive from Santa Fe, and I was about two hours into this drive when they contacted me and said, "Oh, you know, he's not feeling very good, so we need to reschedule." Well, I, you know, I guess just to be completely honest with you, I was just sick, and I was sick and tired of that happening. So they said he didn't feel well. So I said, "Well, how sick is he?" Well, and I think that kind of took them by surprise because they didn't expect me to ask that. So I said, how sick is he? And, you know, they gave me the rundown on the rundowns he was having. And uh, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll come to his house. That way he doesn't have to come to town and he doesn't have to deal with, you know, getting ready and coming to town. I'll come to his place. And they said, well, we'll call you right back. It's okay, That's fine. So I keep driving, and then they um, they call me back, and they said, "Okay, that's fine, but uh, we we need to do it in the morning." I'm like, "Okay," so I contacted this Frogville Studios, and these guys were great. They they got a guy um, who put like a little travel a little travel set together so we could record the voiceover, um, and he met me the next morning, and we went to we went to Val Kilmer's place. Um, it's kind of it's outside of Santa Fe. So we go to his place, and uh, it's, it's different. He had a, I'm not sure if he still has all the land that he had, but he had a bunch of land and you kind of have to drive through this long drive driveway and some, you know, it was, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of land. Um, I think, geez, it was like 6,400 acres or something like that. It was like 10 sections. Um, and like I said, I don't know if he still has all of that left, but, um, went to his house and, and, Finally got there and and uh, was met naturally by um, an assistant. And you're kind of standing around, and I'm not going to lie. You know, you're a little bit nervous. Uh, you know, this is this is Doc Holiday you're going to talk to. This is Iceman, you know, with the teeth biting thing. This is, uh, this is Batman, dude. This is Batman you're going to be talking to. So, um, standing there waiting for him, waiting, waiting, and here he comes. And, you know... It's always this like weird little moment of shock when you when you meet these people for the first time uh, because you're trying to play it cool. But in the back of your mind, you're like, holy shit, that's that's Val Kilmer. And that's and I'm going to I'm going to work with Val Kilmer. Um, And uh, it's just it's 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 cool. It's unique and it's a bit scary, but it's cool. And the more you do it, the more used to it you get. Uh, although not always. You don't always get used to it, um, but it's like, you know, it's just like any other thing. If you don't get a little nervous beforehand, then you shouldn't be doing it anymore. So anyways, he comes out and, and uh, you know, was a bit eccentric and, and acting a bit eccentric and kind of thoughts bouncing all over the place. And, uh, You know, we we go into another room and sit down and he's got one blue sock and one red sock. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, dude, this is and I had heard, you know, you get you hear a lot of rumors about people. But I I always try to give people the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to I'm going to make my own opinion. I'm not going to go off of what everybody else says until I see that that's that that's the case, that they're right. But I'm going to form my own opinion. And so I just kind of sat there and observed. That's my style uh, to a degree. I don't say much at first. I just observe. And, you know, it's just eccentric. I, not a bit eccentric, but then a bit erratic as well. Like I said, thoughts just kind of bouncing all over the place. And finally, um, I was letting him do his thing, and his assistant was taking note after note after note. And finally, I just waited until there was a moment, and I said, um, so how are your kids doing? And that was, that was it. That, that killed all the eccentricity, that killed all of the, uh, you know, erraticism that it just, he became a normal, normal guy at that point. And it was one father asking another father, how are your kids doing? And from that point on, uh, it went really, really well. And so we got the mic set up and everything, and we start doing the voiceover and, and um you know he's talking and he's reading this stuff and you're sitting there and granted you know this is the first major project that I really worked on um this is the first real big celebrity that I'd worked with and I'm sitting there thinking to myself I cannot believe I'm directing val Kilmer I, I'm directing val Kilmer it was it was really cool um but it, it it got to the point where you know he would read a line and I would say okay that's that's cool but can you Can you try doing it this way? And um, (laughs) it was neat because like he would read it and then uh, I said, okay, can you try this? And he says, well, will you read it to me? And I, and I would read it and he goes, well, fuck, that's good, man. I'll do it that way. And so he would do it that way. And so a big part of the, of the narration, he read exactly how I would have read it. And. It was just it was a really cool experience, um, and there's you know there's quite a bit of narration uh, in the film, and, and so it took us a while to do it, um, but my favorite part of the of the the time we we spent narrating the film was there was there's a line at the end where um, I say uh, you know America needs to, it, America is doing this and they're doing that, and that's what makes it America. And it was just about how we're, you know, we we need to and we are fighting back against this meth epidemic. So he reads this line and he reads it exactly like I'd hoped it would be read, like it sounded exactly like I hoped it would sound. And uh, he reads the line and then he pauses, of course, to give time for, you know, for the recording. And then he says he looks at me and he says, uh, that's good writing, buddy you should do this shit for a living. And <laughs> that's kind of a confidence booster. That was a big confidence booster for me. You know, I was just starting to do this stuff. Um, you know, I'd been doing journalism for a long time, but this is the first major project I'd done, first feature film I had done, first time I'd worked with a big name like that. And for them to say something like that, um, I remember thinking in the back of my mind, oh, well, maybe I will. And And, you know, that may have given me a boost of confidence to help me continue on trying to make more films. But um, so we finished, we finished the voiceover in about an hour and a half. And I bet, I bet we stayed for another hour and a half, maybe longer afterwards, just visiting, just talking, just sitting around and, 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 and talking. And it was, it was really cool. And then, you know, he, he went, uh, he walked into another room and came back and he like gave me a copy of, um. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which had just come out, which is a, a, a hilarious film that he did with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and then he gave me a copy of a documentary called Trudell, about John Trudell. And if you ever get a chance to watch that, that's also a really good documentary. I learned a lot of interesting stuff about Trudell from that film. But um, it was just it was a cool experience uh doing that. And so um, so we did the voiceover, and I uh. Um, took it back home then, ne- or that afternoon, and I was kind of an, under a deadline because I was trying to get the film into a particular film festival. So, I um, I edited the the film, the voiceover. See, the movie the movie was already narrated with my voiceover, so all I had to do was take his voice, uh, take my voice out, and put his voice in, and then you know stretch it out or 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 cut it down, dependent on whether his voice was, you know, the voiceover was the same length as mine or not. So it wasn't too hard to do. And so, um, and so we, uh, we did that and, and it didn't take long. I think I actually finished editing it that night. Um, so I finished editing it and then I sent him a copy and I didn't know what to expect. I'm not going to lie again, a little bit nervous cause you don't know what to expect. Um, So I sent him the movie, and then he uh, calls me, and he says, uh, hey, do you mind if I send this to a friend of mine to take a look at it? Because I think you did a really good job, and I'd like him to take a look and see if he has any input. And I'm like, no, that's fine. And I said, who are you sending it to? And he says, uh, Tony Scott. Well, for those of you who don't know, Tony Scott is... Um, Unfortunately, he's passed away now, but he is the director of uh, Man on Fire, um, Top Gun. Uh, He's the brother of Ridley Scott, which I I don't think I need to explain Ridley Scott to you, uh, but I will if you need me to. Um, Blade Runner, Gladiator, um, let's see, uh, Prometheus, Alien, I mean Ridley Scott, dude. Dudes, dudettes. Um, and so he's sending it. He's sending the movie to Tony Scott, the, the director of Top Gun and, and Deja Vu and and man on fire. I'm just like, holy shit, that's amazing. My like, yeah, gal. Cool. Let's let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Um, so anyways, um, I got some notes back from Tony Scott and um, and uh, right after that. Came the film that uh, you all know and, and that continues to to do well. Uh, I'm surprised by that. You know, American Meth. In February, we're going to have a 10 year anniversary release um, with a new DVD. And and uh, I just it's hard to believe that it's been that it's been 10 years. But um, it did really well. in, in the film festival circuit, and we won a bunch of film festivals with it, which all of that was a new experience for me as well um the whole distribution thing was a new experience for me and I learned some some valuable costly lessons through that um yeah and there there was one one uh one thing that happened which just sucked horribly um couple of things actually that were not cool uh when the movie came out Walmart had I think Walmart had purchased um Oh, what did like thirty thousand units, thirty thousand copies, and uh and um they were they were out within thirty minutes, which was really neat. Um but then what sucked was that this distributor that I was using, um, they were using an, an accounting firm and this accounting firm was run by a guy who clearly had some issues. Uh he had some <laughs> He had some problems of some kind because um, he took all the money, and and I think he, I think he did himself in not long after that. So, uh, because of a crazy accountant, um, and all accountants are crazy to a certain degree, from what I've learned. But uh, this this guy that rent that ran this accounting firm um, took about fifty nine thousand of my dollars and disappeared and so I'll I'll never get to see that which is kind of a bummer but it was really cool to see the film do so well and I continued to visit with Val and and uh this I remember he moved me up I was like remember when there was MySpace and you could like have like um your favorites on there and you could like actually list in order your favorite people I American Meth was like his number one thing it might still be because of like the last time I looked at MySpace which is I don't even. Does MySpace even exist anymore? I don't even know if it even exists anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, we were number one on his on his friends list forever. Um, but uh, unfortunately, things got a bit weird there with Val. He contacted me. Um, oh, I don't know, maybe a little about a about a year after the film came out, maybe less, maybe more and said that he had a number of projects that he wanted to work with me on. He had about three projects he wanted to work with me on. And, um, he, uh, I think this was a Friday. He, um, he said, uh, I'm going to send you some stuff. And I said, okay, cool. And I said, I'm going to send you a couple of things as well. Plus I, we had just gotten an invite from the chief of, um, I think the wind river tribe or the Cherokee tribe, maybe, um, they were interested in Val being an honorary chief in their tribe which was super cool and he asked me if I would let him know about that and I said of course absolutely so that was friday so over the weekend i sent val these three things that that he asked for and then i sent this invitation um to from this lone wolf chief um of the tribe and then on monday i got this phone call and it was really weird and it was val and I said, "Hey man, how's it going?" Because you know, I thought we were going to talk about the stuff he wanted to work on. I was excited about it. Hey man, how's it going? And he says to me, um, "What was once cool is no longer cool," and I'm tired of seeing this American Meth logo everywhere. And it was like I was so taken by I, I was like kind of I was in shock. And he kind of and he just went on and on and on and kind of like it, like it was some kind of like reprimand or something and i just sat there and let him say what he wanted to say and then uh he says um, he finishes saying what he was saying and i said well are you are you done he's like yeah i said do you mind if i say something he says well if you have to <laughs> I'm like dick so i said uh um you know i really don't care who you are don't talk to me like i'm some 15-year-old girl standing outside your 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 gate asking for an autograph. Don't ever speak to me like that again. Because you're just a dude and i'm just a dude. You have no you have no right to speak to me like that. Cool? And that was it. That was the end of our communication um at that point. Um and so that was weird and and you know, i i know that he can i know that he can kind of switch gears like that from time to time, but uh um Not too long after that, maybe about four or five months after that, I got this message from somebody, and it said, "Hey, this is uh, Val's assistant, and he wanted me to let you know that he's really proud of what you're doing with the movie, and that it's it's doing so well." And then I got a MySpace request from Val, so apparently he had deleted me, and then he sent me another request. So, um, and we've you know I've touched base once or twice since then. The thing is, is you know. the guy's a super talented guy. Uh, I really enjoyed working with him. I don't hold anything against him. Um, you know, I, I think like a lot of creative people, you just switch gears sometimes. And sometimes it doesn't make sense why you do that or it doesn't make sense, you know, you you lashing out at people you lash out to. I don't necessarily take it that far, but I don't have the pressures of somebody that has the stature of a Val Kilmer or or somebody like that. So um, I don't have anything against the guy. I'd love to actually work with him again. I'd love to have him on the show, uh, on the road show, on the podcast. Um, I know that his health uh, took a turn, but I think he's doing much better now. Um, I don't know how much he does these kinds of things anymore, but if you if he ever does hear this, I'd absolutely love to do a show with him. And because we've never we've never got to talk about the fact that this movie has had such an impact on people. Um, You know, commercially, it's 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 done okay. I mean, documentaries don't make a lot of money, but you know, if you go to Hulu, the last time I checked, it was like in the top five most popular documentaries of all time on Hulu. Um, It's you know, I've had a lot of people contact me because it's affected their life, or it's changed their life, or it's helped someone in their life. Um, that's cool, and it would be fun to sit down and talk with them about. Hey, check this out. Did you know this that, that the film has done this, or it's done that, or you know what what did you think about this in the film? Or we've just never had the opportunity to really do that. And so I think that would be fun um, if we ever get a chance to do that. But uh, you know. It was just, it was a great experience for me. And then, um, not long after I did the voiceover, just a week or so, I ran back down there and I had some stuff for him to sign, you know, for promotional stuff. Some uh, scripts. He signed some scripts for American Meth. He signed some posters. I still have them. I still have a handful of posters and a handful of scripts that are signed by Val. He signed some DVD covers for me. Um, you know, and, and, uh, that was cool. Oh, and, and here's one of my favorite parts of that whole thing is, you know, I was a single dad at the time and my kids were quite little. They were quite young. I think my son was six or seven and, um, he, my son Lance colored a a photo or a, a picture of Batman from a coloring book. And, you know, they were too little to go with me on these things. But he asked me if I would give it to Val. And he signed it, you know, to Val. He's a poor little guy. He's just learning how to write, you know. It's all shaky and doesn't, you know. It's, and it says to Val from Lance, you know. And, and so it was, it was super cool because I ran back down there and he, he signed all this stuff. And then I gave a picture of Batman that had been colored to, by my son to Batman. So not too many parents get to say that they did that, which was really cool. Um, So, you know, I hope he's doing well. I hope that uh, he continues to work because he's such a talented guy. Um, You know, I actually, I I have a comedy script, a screenplay that I wrote centered on him. And, uh, you know, I wish he was healthier and and working more because I still think it'd be a ton of fun to to do that film. But uh, um, I don't know that we'll get to do that. We might. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but. Um, anyhow, you know, that experience has paid dividends for the last 10 years. Um, it gave me credibility as a filmmaker. It gave me confidence as a filmmaker, you know, in the, in the public arena, uh, it's, uh, it, it brought a lot of attention to, to the movie that I did, um, good and bad, which helped me learn from that experience. Um, it helped me learn how to be a better filmmaker. It also helped me learn not to give a shit about what people say about you because, I'm going to tell you what, guys, you throw something out into the public arena on that level, you're going to get a lot of praise and you're going to get a lot of persecution. It's just part of the job. It's just part of doing what I do. Uh, But, you know, it was it was just it was a great experience. And I'm very grateful to him for for believing in the project. I mean, the guy did it pro bono. He did it for free. Um, And it, you know it added a lot of credibility to who I was and what I was doing. And and, uh, I think that it changed the trajectory of my future because people took me more seriously as a filmmaker just off of that first film and it still does well. So that's really cool. And I'm always going to be grateful for that. So um, if you ever hear this Val, man, I I appreciate it and uh, I hope you're doing well and I'd love to catch up with you sometime soon. Okay. uh, We got it. We've got about five minutes left and I want to, um, I'm not going to do this every show, but I just want to do it now so that everyone is aware uh, of a small transition that we're making that I am super excited about. So, you know, we have a podcast, The Juhoo Road Show, and we tried this thing called OnRamp. And so, what we decided to do, you know, we had OnRamp on, on Mondays on iTunes, and then we had The Juhoo Road Show through Patreon, this subscription based thing. Well, we decided against that. And so now all the shows are going to be on iTunes, Android, um, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all for free. No more subscription-based stuff, no more anything. Um, it's just all for free. It's out there. And, and the way we do it is on Mondays, like today, is when I talk about kind of where I came from and stories about my career and my stuff. And then on Fridays are the podcasts with um, the guests the people that I interview. Monday shows are about half an hour. Friday shows are an hour. And so that's what we're going to do. And if you want to support the program, if you want to support the podcast, we you're more than welcome to. Um, You just go to patreon.com forward slash Juhu. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash J-U-H-U. And you can support the show. Um, If you do $5 or more, we'll send you a really cool bumper sticker uh, if you do 20, $20 or more, we'll send you a bumper sticker and a, and a Juhu Roadshow t-shirt, and it's cool. It's a great way to support what we're doing and, and help us, because we don't have sponsors yet, so um, you know, it's a way to help us do what we're doing. This Friday, we have Matthew Oliphant, Matt Oliphant, and I am so stoked about this show. Um, Matt is a fantastic painter. He's a very well-known painter. Um, his brother is Tim Oliphant, the actor that you may know from Justified or Deadwood or um, the Crazies or The Office, um, lots and lots of other stuff. Um, Rockstar, he did Rockstar. He was the drummer, I think. Um, anyways, he, uh, Matt is Tim's brother. Also, Matt was uh, he worked with Metallica for about seven years, and so we just have this really amazing visit. And plus, we've become super good friends and super close. Um, and so we just talk about we talk about his artwork. We talk about. Um, his time with Metallica, we talk about, you know, being related to Tim and what their family get togethers are like. It's such a cool show. That's what's coming up this Friday is Matthew Oliphant. Go check out his artwork. It's matthewoliphant.com. It's O-L-Y-P-H-A-N-T. He's got such a cool style, such a unique style um, to his artwork. And he's done done some really, uh, really amazing paintings and murals. And like, you know, there's this, huge corporation in Chicago and they had him come do this, uh, I think seven foot by 11 foot mural in their lobby. Um, it's just very cool, very stylistic. He explains kind of, you know, where he gets his inspiration and then the things that he's figured out about. He's primarily, um, a spray paint guy. So he uses a lot of spray paint. He did an original for, for one of my films, um the speed of orange and, and which was just absolutely fantastic. He he did the painting and then he sent it to me and then he sent me one of the spray cans and he signed it so we have a nice little neat little thing set up where the painting's hanging and hanging and then this the spray paint is right below it. Um really cool. But it's just a <clears throat> it's an absolutely fantastic show. And so I can't wait for you to check that out on iTunes, Google Play, Android, Stitcher, tune in um this Friday. Um so yeah, so that's where we're at right now. Um, I, you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but, uh, I do have some fun shows lined up, um, over the next few weeks with some, some friends of mine that I used to work with, and we're going to share some stories with you guys. And, and, um, you know, we have a lot more stuff to talk about. And, uh, I just, it's, it's hard for me that these shows are only 30 minutes long because they go so quick, but, uh, it, it sure, it sure is fun to, to talk about this stuff. And, and uh, anyhow, so I hope you join us this Friday for Matthew Oliphant on the Juhu Roadshow. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at uh, the Juhu Roadshow. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Juhu76, I believe is what it is. And uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, it's patreon.com forward slash J-U-H-U. So that's going to do it for the Juhu Roadshow Monday podcasts. Uh, Matthew Oliphant on Friday. Come join us. Until then, you guys have an awesome day.